It's both creative and healing. It's unifying. It contains your perfect business, your perfect relationship, your perfect path through life, your perfect release from worry and anxiety, your perfect life creation. The way to find that power is to suspend judgment and let it in. It will provide its own evidence. Then you can follow the evidence like a journalist or a detective or a scientist. Get enough evidence and you begin to see the blueprint, develop some trust that it is there and you're a part of it. Here's the game plan. We integrate the body and mind into the world of energy and matter. Clarify the sixth sense and open the mind to the perfect divine design for your life. Then begin the action and let go for the ride. So now we're like NASA's SETI program. It's the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Your radar arrays are extended. You don't gum up the frequencies by transmitting all the time. You let the thinking transmissions go silent. Okay, now, breathe. Don't think. You're like NASA tuning in. Listen. Don't think. Listen. Don't, don't think. think. Listen. Don't think. Listen. I never wanted to have to feel. I liked thinking. It seemed much safer somehow to think. But we're subject to impressions from far beyond our base of understanding, and the body is our instrument. If this is our reality, then our job is to discern their meaning to unlock the gift. We're being spoken to daily in the language of energy impressions. This is the seventh sense, the science of impression. So let's suppose, as the old Romans had a saying, life is a very short, fast dream. And you, the dreamer, are never quite sure which is real and which is an illusion. So I'll ask you, the dreamer, to join me in a scientific experiment for the next three minutes or three light years or however long we walk together. For our purposes, our experiment will be guided by the theorem that no matter what happens, we are held safe within the mind of God. Just to shake up your thinking, let me blow your mind for a moment. Okay, we're a world obsessed by time. Imagine a universe when, as the great physicist Stephen Hawking suggests, the universe stops expanding and the arrow of time reverses. Under the second law of thermodynamics in our universe, there are more disordered states than order. So suddenly, the arrow of time reverses and order starts being restored. To use Hawking's image, imagine broken teacups gathering themselves together off the floor and jumping back on the table. Or physicist Julian Barber in Oxford, England, who's trying to unify the sub-microscopic atomic world of quantum mechanics with a big cosmic realm of general relativity. What if, in his words, each instant is in essence eternal? We do not pass through time. Each new instant is an entirely different universe. In all these universes, nothing ever moves or ages. One universe might contain you as a baby staring at your mother's face. In that universe, you will never move from that one still scene. In yet another universe, you'll be forever just one breath away from death. All those universes and infinitely many more permanently exist side by side in a cosmos of unimaginable size and variety. Barber concludes, the tragedy, or perhaps it's a blessing, is that no one vision recognizes its own mortality. Would you really want to be 14 for eternity, waiting for your civics class to end? 
Now this would explain my problem with time. I'm like a dog. Certain moments seem to go on forever. And I thought it was just me, but who knows? Maybe it's reality. Barber theorizes that time is simply human perception. In his words, Copernicus, Galileo, and Kepler taught us that the Earth moves and rotates while the heavens stand still. Now, he says, I think we must go further to a deeper reality in which nothing at all, neither heavens nor Earth, move. Stillness reigns. So well then, we must move between frames, apparently. Keep on moving. Or maybe that's just the game of life and why games are based on movement. What if nothing were as you think it is? What if we would simply misunderstood the grand scheme of things or our everyday interactions, and that was the reason for the feelings of pain and discord? What if you were able to say, maybe I don't understand this, show me another way of looking at this, and flash, it came into your consciousness as if on wings, and your thinking is changed, and now whatever you thought was wrong with you isn't. It's just your thinking was in error. The old patterns of the past no longer apply, and then you start to see the world with new eyes. And as you see things differently, the world changes. Instead of endlessly repeating the past, we create something new. Well, the more I look at how life happens, and the more I learn to lighten up and trust that I'm okay right now, just take it as a given, safe within the mind of God. Whatever that means, life becomes both a science experiment and a work of art, a painting, a CD, a brilliant business, a beautiful movie, and sometimes a comedy routine. Just gotta laugh at some of this comedy of errors that goes on in the lab. Well, midway through the experiment, I learned I was intuitively following the method of the great scientist and philosopher René Descartes, who I'd studied in school and who mapped the inner consciousness with his discovery, I think, therefore, I am. Descartes lived 1596 to 1650, so he's long dead, but by now, I had also learned to listen to the dead. There's a conversation stopper, I know, but it's one of the gifts you may receive when you open to the kingdom of souls. I read people's souls, always have. I know I'm receiving from the dead because, first, the loved ones they have me speak to confirm what they say. Second, they have a characteristic physiological response. Third, I have a characteristic physiological response. Fourth, when verification is lacking, my track record confirms probability of accuracy. And fifth, perhaps most important, I long ago dedicated myself as a clear channel for communication, and only communication of a higher order. It's the law of intention. You can do this with me right now. I'm a minister a minister of metaphysics. I'll be your witness, you know, whenever two or more are gathered. So here we go. I dedicate myself as a clear channel for communication and only communication of a higher order. And so it is. Okay, so here we are on the shore of the cosmic sea. What if instead of trying to control the ocean waves, we could master our surfboards and surf the waves? When we go with life, use the body as a portal, embrace the feelings, find out they won't kill us, we go through an emotional clearing. We find the channel to the sixth sense that orders the mind and heals every split. We can now feel when something's not quite right or when we're being lied to, and we're not pounded on the rocks. We can make a mid-course correction. We can let the errors go. We can feel where we need to be, what we need to do to become our genuine selves and surf the waves. 
and we opened to what the father of dream work, Carl Jung, called the collective unconscious, the concept of one mind, communication from other people in other realms, the kingdom of nature, kingdom of souls, and the divine, the reunion. That's enough to think about for right now. Don't, don't, don't think. think. Listen. Listen. There is a voice inside you that knows. Your only job is to learn to listen to that voice. With that set of simple but almost magical directions, the awakening was underway. Picture the magnificent broadcast tower atop the World Trade Center. I lived on those airwaves. For years, my voice had been bouncing further and further into space, delivering the news. Until all the pain of the world that passed my lips opened some kind of portal in me. A portal of feeling that allowed me to feel or see through a wrinkle in time. I was the afternoon anchorwoman on WCBS New York News Radio. I began having clairvoyant dreams of news events, plane crashes, tidal waves, election outcomes. Then the dreams began to take on an even more dramatic character, vast, apocalyptic dreams. These visions were shown me in the presence of angels. I dreamed of 9-11, perhaps two dozen dreams in the years before it happened. The problem with clairvoyant dreams is you don't know it's clairvoyant until it happens. I later learned that if it was shown to me by angels, it would come to pass. Anything else was up to us. But I had a growing track record of future events seen, little ones, bigger ones. My first public predictions, first time I stuck my neck out, was under cover of a music show I did the last summer Mother Teresa came to New York. I'd watched the patterns of news long enough to see how news flows in waves, crashes and breaks, ebbs and flows, that I began to anticipate what would come next. And I saw the movie Titanic was foreshadowing some coming cataclysm. Dreams are the movie theater of the soul. The most resonant filmmakers are dreamers who pick up songs.